The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleaker, and Pocket Cast. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred and Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. Big developments tonight as the Browns are close to signing a big deal while Washington is getting ready to change his name. We'll play a song for you for the final time right here on All Andy Alfred. Baseball camp is in full swing. We'll give you the latest what's happening in Detroit as well as in Cleveland and in the Queen City of Cincinnati. The schedule has been released. Big games and exhibition games as well in the NHL before we get this started. MLS is back. How about the crew beating Cincinnati? We'll talk about that game. The pre to the Memorial and NASCAR. So much more. Right here on this edition of All Andy Alford. Right here on the Anchor Network. Guess who's back? All Andy Alford. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Oh, Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go home, Jack. That's way back. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred tonight right here on your exclusive home for me, and that is the Anchor Network. And that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Bleaker, however, wherever, and whenever you listen to the show, Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the program tonight. As you can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter, it is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred and on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. So welcome in. A lot to get into tonight, of course. Uh, No real big sports, the big three or the big four going on right now, but we do have some action. Of course, MLS is back on the pitch, and the crew were in action against FC Cincinnati, a battle of Ohio to start off the MLS tournament. We'll talk about that as well as the rest of the recap of the sports that was this past week. Also, we're going to dive into the, the release of the schedule for the NHL playoffs, and we'll also hear the latest out of Jackets camp. Uh, John Tortorella met with the media, and we'll have some of the audio for you from that. And we'll also dive into the baseball spectrum. The players are getting on the field. They're practicing. We'll hear the latest from camp from both the Indians, the Reds, and the Tigers as well. Don't forget, next week we will have a special edition of All Andy Elford as we preview the 2020 MLB season. 
Yours truly, we're hoping to get Nick the Money Man DeVero on the line so we can get a chance to you know, preview this season going forward. We're going to try to do a collab with all Andy Elford and Andy and Money to do that show together, but we'll see what happens with that. But looking forward to doing covering the baseball spectrum. And it's good to see baseball is coming back. Uh, the NBA is in their bubble. We're going to talk a little briefly about that later on in the podcast tonight. But we begin with the NFL. And the Browns are making a splash tonight, folks. As we're talking to you on the air, it's about 7 o'clock at night. This is going to be this is reported from Chef, Adam Schefter. The Browns are close to finalizing a deal with Miles Garrett. It is a huge deal right now it is going to be a five-year extension worth an estimated 125 million dollars the deal is which is worth in total 144 million over the next seven years would make Garrett the highest played non-quarterback in the NFL he entered the offseason with two years left in his rookie contract after the Browns picked him up in his, his fifth-year option. So, Garrett, 24, expected to sign the contract on Wednesday if he pass, after he passes a physical on after passing the physical today on Tuesday, according to ESPN. The NFL Network first reported Tuesday that a deal was imminent with the 2017 number one first overall draft pick. Garrett had 10 sacks in 10 games last season, but he was suspended the final six games for the Mason Rudolph hit, of course. But uh, but by signing this deal, Garrett would pass Chicago's Khalil Mack at $23 million as the highest-paid defensive player on an average annual salary. A big This is a big splash for the Browns, and... He will be the top tier. It would be it would be Garrett, then Mac, Aaron Donald, who makes twenty two point five million. Demarcus Lawrence from Dallas makes twenty one million. Defrost, DeForest Bunker from Indianapolis makes twenty one million, and Frank Clark from Kansas City makes twenty point eight million dollars on the defensive side of the ball. So that is a huge, huge signing. When it comes to that, of course, another big news story to pass along to you that the Eagles will not allow fans in the game. That's going to be per the city of Philadelphia's orders. Uh, the city officials will not have fans in Eagles or Philadelphia Philly games this season in 2020, citing the coronavirus pandemic. The Eagles are still going to be allowed to play along. Although without crowds, the Phillies will continue to be allowed to play with although without crowds. Both the manager direct manager director Brian Ilbury said according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, he said in quote, We are being in communication with the Eagles. We told them our expectations are that they don't have fans. So looks like Philadelphia's not gonna have any fans this upcoming season. But the big news out of the whole situation this week of course, is what's happening in Washington, D.C. Backlash has been coming against Daniel Snyder and the Washington Football Club, and I will say tonight their name because I've been a big proponent of them changing their name 
for the longest period of time. I think that the Washington Redskin name is a terrible name for a football club. It's been a, it's been a uh, one of those team team names that you know it has history. It's it's traditional and everything like that. But with the with the culture that we're going in now, it's not really up to par for some people. And um, I, I I kind of I kind of agree with that. And um, I think it is time for a name change. I think. Washington Red Wolves sounds like a great name. Um, the Washington Freedom Fighters as well, too. That sounded like a great name, too. But the amount of backlash from this, this is this is dating back for yours truly since 2016. I've always wanted them to change that name ever since then. And nobody really likes, you know, that's that's more of a derogatory and racist name. And a lot of people, you know, don't find it very, very, you know, don't find it very, very um, polite. It's a derogatory comment, and, you know, I I totally stand with it. I've always been a proponent of changing the Washington football club, the Washington Redskins name. Um, but, you know, they are going to change it. Uh, from the backlash, not only from FedEx and from other corporate sponsors, but I think Daniel Snyder finally came around the corner. You know, it's 2020. It's time to change the change the system and change the name for everything. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to change the name. Uh, we don't yet know what the new team name is going to be, but they're still going to ha- have heritage to the Redskin name, of course, because. Uh, it was a championship-winning name for for the city of Washington D.C., but um, you know, my favorite thing about Washington, the football team, is their fight song. I've always liked their fight song for the longest period of time. Uh, me and Nick would we would listen to it once in a while, and um, with the name being changed, of course, that means that the new fight song, their, their fight song, is going to be outdated. So, you know, it's going to be interesting you know and and the nfl introduced a lot of a lot of uh, fight songs in the 70s and 80s tried to get the college game the people to come in from the college sports into the pro sports so a lot of teams got uh got fight songs uh the lions still plays theirs which is gridiron heroes that i sing once in a while of course uh the browns had hi-ho or hell for cleveland um, and you had the the Bears or the Bear or Bear Down, um, and so Washington is one of those songs that actually. And the cool thing is that Washington has a actual band, marching band, that plays the song in the stadium. It used to be at RFK, now they're at FedEx Field, and um, it's cool to cool to hear it because it's different. It's totally, totally different. But um, tonight I'm going to play you the Washington Redskins fight song for the last time here on All Andy Alford until they, you know, come up with a new fight song, of course, with a new name and everything like that. But the here it is, folks. This is the Washington Redskins fight song. It's called Hail to the Redskins. And um, you'll hear the lyrics, of course. And they play this over the PA every touchdown and every point situation for the Redskin 
team. So here it is, the uh, Washington Redskins fight sight song, Hail to the Redskins. to the Redskins. No more, as the Redskin name will be officially retired by the Washington Football Club. You're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be right back. Hi folks, this is Andy Alford, the host of All Andy Alford. I want to talk to you today about my friends at the Libby Factory Outlet Store in downtown Toledo. Libby Glass, a worldwide company. And this is it, folks. This is the final call. This is Friends and Family Week, the final week of Friends and Family Week. 30% off your purchase. Yes, 30% off your entire purchase by visiting their website. Facebook page, which is Libby Glass Factory Outlet. That's Libby Glass Factory Outlet. Show that at the checkout, and you're guaranteed 30% off your entire purchase. Remember to like their page as well on Facebook. Whether you need beer glasses for your outdoor entertaining, whether you need your plates to put the burgers and hot dogs on, the Libby Factory Outlet is the store for you. Visit their store at 205 South Erie Street in the heart of the warehouse district. In Toledo, Ohio, remember, find them on Facebook, Libby Glass Factory Outlet. And Libby Factory Outlet, setting your table right for more than 100 years. So welcome back in to All Andy Alford tonight, as you heard our promo from the Libby Glass Factory Outlet, of course. And now it's time to hit the diamond. Yes, let's talk a little baseball. We're going to first start, of course, with the 
the wrap around the three the triangle wrap around of course and we're going to start with the Detroit Tigers the Tigers in training camp so to speak it's the restart program is what I call it as the Tigers are up at Comerica Park practicing taking in uh, inner squad games as well as um, getting their roster set for the season uh, the Tigers did make a move on Monday morning and they have released non-roster invitee Zach Gooley um, God excuse me, Godly excuse me Zach Godley and gave him his unconditional release perhaps a telling sign that they are tried to strike a balance between young arms and the veteran relievers that they have and Godley signing a minor league deal in December and Godley was with Ryan Gardenhire in 2017 in Arizona, godly a good pitcher, and uh, unfortunately he will not make the big club for for the for the Tigers. Uh, Michael Fulmer, in a uh, in a simulated game, uh, escaped his 25 pitch first inning Monday morning with one run allowed and one batter retired. Thanks to the setup of an inter squad game where coaches can end innings when a pitcher reaches his his or her pitch count. By the time Michael Fulmer completed his outing with ten a pen, ten pitch third inning, he had he may have had a cease to face. Uh, he might have had a case to face another batter when it comes to that. But uh, but Gardy pulled him his last inning, and he was just, he was just finally relaxed. And uh, I told him, Gardenhire said, when I saw him, what I saw is you just took a deep breath and we're trying to throw it 95 miles per hour. And he just made pitches. His slider is sharper, a really clean inning because of that. So the um, Tigers having inner squad games. So then um, the, big, the big news out of it is that um, outfielder Travis Dimitri has missed his fourth straight consecutive game with a groin injury. He is on the he is on the mend. Of course, he's on the road to recovery. Gardenhire says he's hitting in the cage. He's swinging. He's working to do do that. A couple days ago, we're moving forward. Uh, the Detroit Tigers also said they had umpires for their inter squad game. Monday was the first time this camp. Bill Week- Wilkie, uh, native of Coldwater, Michigan, called balls and strikes with fellow native John Labucca on the bases for the Tigers. Um, while the Tigers took the field Monday morning, staffers were in the stands behind home plate putting tape over the shiny seat numbers markers. With no fans in the seat for the games as well as the start of the regular season, fielders noted that the glare off the markers were distracting on line drives and fly balls during the game. So that's going to be interesting to see how they're going to react to that going forward. Cabrera looks pretty, pretty good. He looks back into decent shape. Quote on putting my air quotes on there, um, but you know this is a young team. This is going to be a very young team. Do I see them contending? Absolutely not. But you know, at least they're going to be out there on the diamond, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's, I, that's why I hope it is. It's, it's just going to be fun. Um, so that's out of Tigers camp. Out of Indians camp is a little bit of a different story. Uh, they have placed uh, Deano DeShields. Uh, on the 10-day injured reserve list, he was he was appearing to get a guaranteed spot for the Indians' opening day roster, but now he has to wait a little bit longer. 
to debut with his new club. He reported to summer camp on Saturday after missing the first week of practice because he had tested positive for COVID-19. But even though he is back with the team, the Indians say they're going to ease him back in to activities. DeShield has been limited to light workouts over the past three weeks, including jumping rope from home. Because of that, it's become more unlikely that DeShields will be ready by opening day. So they have placed him on a 10-day disabled list. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. If the team, the Indians have a crowded outfield to evaluate before the season begins. If DeShields is not ready by opening day, that will leave the door open for one of the other nine outfielders on the rosters. That's Oscar Mercado, Franklin Reyes, Dem- Demango, uh, Domenico Santana, and Tyler Naquin to appear to have locks to make sure that they make the team. Jordan Luplo, assuming his sore back does not come more of a problem, will also favor to earn that spot. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Lindor's having a good time out there, getting back to you know the swing of things. Uh, you have. No, Ramirez looks good too, hitting the home runs in, during the inner squad games. Um, it, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how they do. Uh, the Indians have announced that they will have three exhibition games against the Pirates before the season gets underway against Kansas City. The Tribe announced Monday afternoon that three matchups against the Pirates will be scheduled for July 18th, 20th, and 22nd. Second, the first and third games of the series will be played at PNC Park, and the second will be played at Progressive Field. All three games will be carried live on WTNM 1100, as well as on Fox Sports Time Ohio. All games scheduled to be 7.05 start time. So good to see baseball coming back. We have to wait six days for exhibition baseball, but I'll take it. Good thing out of Indians camp. It's a lot of... A lot of good things coming out of the camp, and it's going to be interesting. You know, they got the pirate; they'll have they have the pirates for those exhibition games, and then they will have Kansas City to open up on the twenty fourth of July. And then we get down to the Queen City, which is the Cincinnati area, and I think this is going to be interesting an interesting year for the Reds. I really, really do. The Reds look like pretty down, look pretty dominant, and they were named the third best rotation. In all of baseball. That's according to MLB.com. And the f- number one, of course, is the Nationals. Number with, with Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Sanchez, and Volt. Number two are the Rays with Morton, Snell, Glasnow, Yarborough, and Churros. And then the Reds are third with Castillo, Gray, Bauer, Miley, and DiScafrani. I think, you know, that rotation looks very, very good. You have the Reds. Indians are fourth with Beaver, Clevenger, Carrasco, Plunko, and Plesak. I really like their rotation. And then fifth finishing off are the Dodgers with with Kershaw, uh, Wood, Stripley, Uranus, and Blunder. All these guys looking very good. They lost a big piece uh, with Hinjin Renew losing in in uh, free agency, but you know we'll see what happens. Absolutely will. And you know the Rangers really voices their 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 uh, rotation with Lynn, Lance Lynn, 
Mike Miner, Corey Kluber, Kyle Gibson, and Jordan Lyles as well. They were finishing their pick to be seventh overall. The Yankees are sixth. And, um, but yeah, the Reds look very, very good um, out of camp today. Uh, they have the among the 22 players the Reds have worked out. They are practicing in Mason, Ohio. A few players have come over to Great American Ballpark to play in the scrimmages. Some have been there more often than others. Prospect Tyler Sampson and Jose Garcia ranked third and fifth in the organizational pipeline, according to MLB.com, have been participating in practices at Great American Ballpark. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the Reds do this year. Um, but, uh, you know, and their, their roster... Their roster is pretty good. I, I don't know if you know the, the roster that they have. The 40-man roster is pretty damn good. You know, I mean, Blandino, of course, at second base. You have Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. You've got you got Kyle Farmer. you got Freddie Galvis. You've got Luis Castillo, Nick Castellanos, of course. Uh, Travis Jarowski. Mike Moustakis. Scott Schwarber. Oh, he can't. Oh, don't forget about Joey Votto and Eugenio Suarez and Mark Payton. And the rotation that they got, like I said, it's one of the best. I'm going to be interested to see how the Reds are going to do this year. And they open up. They're going to have exhibition games against the Tigers. Three straight games at two game two straight games at Great America for exhibition games. The 21st and 22nd before they open up the 24th of July against the Tigers. So that's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, some news and notes are also around Major League Baseball is that Yasiel Puig is close to signing a deal, folks, with the Atlanta Braves. The free agent outfielder has agreed to a deal with the Atlanta Braves, as sources told MLB.com as well as on ESPN. Uh, the report deals a pending physical as well as a negative test from COVID-19 before Puig could, could join the club. The club has not confirmed the signing. Puig, a 29-year outfielder, played for both Ohio teams, hitting a 252 with 22 home runs and 61 RBIs in 100 games with the Reds before they were, he was traded to the Indians, where he finished up with a 297 over 49 games with the Indians with a couple home runs and 23 driven in. So Puig on the move again to... Atlanta. Very interesting. Uh, there's a good news out of, out of the Yankee camp. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka is making progress, and he is out of from after taking that line drive hit that hit him off the top of the head at 112 miles per hour. Uh, Tanaka is back. He says, I've never been able, I've never able to see other pitchers in the same situation getting struck in the, their head or anything like that. I mean, that kind of that kind of frightened me, Tanaka said through an interpreter on Tuesday. But for some reason, I'm able to get myself, be able to see myself get struck in the head by the ball. I don't know why. It was kind of weird. It was weird. It was kind of scary at the same time. But it was good to see um, him on the right page. So the 
Reds and the Indians and the Tigers, they're all set. Major League Baseball is working their due diligence to get back onto the field as we get games starting off on in later on this month on the 24th. But we have inter-squad games going on right now. You can watch them all on MLB TV. But uh, it all starts off on the 23rd of July with the Yankees and Nationals at 7.08 and the Dodgers and the Giants at 10.08. So baseball coming back. The 2020 summer camp is underway for baseball. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here, on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now, I'll talk about another sport that's getting ready to get back onto the ice. Yes, the ice. It's time to talk a little NHL hockey. We've got the release of the schedule for all the first round games. Get ready for it. Because it's coming next. So it's now time to hit the ice. And it is the restart of the NHL season, of course. As they get ready to start back up. And they're going to go right into the Stanley Cup playoffs. As you are listening to All Andy for tonight. Right here on the Anchor Network. But let's start off with some news and notes to pass along. And the big one of the big things is from the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know the Penguins are not a good stick sh- to talk about here. On all Andy Alford, but the Pittsburgh Penguins have announced that they are voluntarily sidelining nine players from training camp after they have had an exposure to an individual who tested positive for COVID 19. As NHL training camps opened up on Monday, and we'll talk about that here in just a second, with teams scheduled to travel to their hub cities on July 26th. And before the game's August 1st, the Penguins will face the Montreal Canadiens, by the way. But the team learned that they had a possible secondary exposure to the team, to players, on the 12th of July. The decision to isolate the group of players was made out of the abundance of caution and in the efforts to avoid exposure to anyone else within the organization. Those nine players will now not participate until they are deemed safe in accordance to the NHL protocol and further Test results. The NHL, the players have names have not been released, but according to the protocol agreed upon by the NHL and the NHLPA, all players and personnel that are designed to have a player access are tested 48 hours before returning to the facilities for training camp and then on an every other day basis during training camp. In those hub cities, the players, the team, and everyone inside the bubble that could have contact with the players will be tested daily. So the Penguins are going to be without some key pieces. Of course, well, they open up with in the um, in the best of five series with the Montreal Canadiens, like I mentioned before. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, uh, Nathan McKinnon is believing that he is encouraged by the healthy avalanche and they like their chances to win the cup. So you can't count Colorado out at the same time too. Um, unfortunately, Corey Crawford was ruled unfit to play and is not participating in any practices with the Blackhawks in training camp. 
Crawford, who missed the first two practices Monday and Tuesday, also did not take part in any of the Chicago voluntary workouts that started June 8th, but he is one of the five goalies in the training camp roster. The 35-year-old who has been a healthy after missing 80 games the past two seasons with because of concussion was 16-20-3 with a 2.77 goals against average this season so far. Um, so he's out right now. That's going to be interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But uh, the big news out of everything is that the schedule has been released. Qualifying schedules have been released. But before that, we get into some exhibition games, which I'm really, really excited for. And it is we get hockey back on the ice on July 28th. Yes, 14 days from today, hockey returns back to the ice for 12 games in the over three days in the hub cities. And here's how it's going to break down. The 28th of July, it will be the Penguins and the Flyers. It will be a 4 o'clock puck drop. And by the way, I'll make mention of this too. The Hub Cities have been announced. The Eastern Conference teams will be playing officially in Toronto. Yes, they will be playing now in Eastern Conference buildings. The Western Conference teams will be playing in Edmonton. So both, both Eastern Conference and Western Conference teams will be playing in the country of Canada, the cup will be the cup will be delivered in Canada this season. But the 28th of July, it will be the Penguins and the Flyers. Four o'clock puck drop for that. Montreal will be the home team against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Eight o'clock puck drop for that one. It will be the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames at 10:30 Tuesday, the 28th of July. And then we have a full slate on the 29th of July. A full slate. Of six games starting off at noon as the Tampa Bay Lightning will play the Florida Panthers. Colorado is taking on Minnesota at 2.30. The Hurricanes will take on the Washington Capitals at 4 o'clock. St. Louis will travel will be taking on the Chicago Blackhawks 6.30 puck drop. The Islanders are, will take on the Rangers at 8 p.m. And Vancouver will take on the Jets, Winnipeg, at 10.30. The Jackets game will have the Jackets will have a exhibition game. We have the 30th of July, as we'll take on the Boston Bruins at 7 o'clock. They'll be, that's the game sandwiched in between Nashville and Dallas, which is a rematch of the Winter Classic from this past year, and Vegas taking on Arizona. So hockey coming back. Uh, teams, uh, uh, they have not yet decided whether or not when they're going to, if who's going to pick up the network. I'm, I'm going to suggest it's probably going to be NBCSN, getting the games for those for the exhibition games and then you know for most of the playoffs I don't think ESPN will make a run for the bidding there but the qualifying schedule has been released for the season and it is a full slate of games when it comes to the qualifying games so here it is here is the schedule for August 1st through August 5th that August 1st is Saturday. It will be a Saturday afternoon. We'll start it all off at high noon Eastern Standard Time in Toronto as it will be the New York Rangers taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. That game, a noon start time. And then it will be the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Edmonton Oilers in game one of their series. By the way, these are all playoff games, a play, a Stanley Cup playing games to get you into the playoffs. It will be the Rangers and Carolina at noon. Then at 
3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. It will be Chicago at Edmonton for game one of their series. Florida is against the Islanders at Scotiabank. That is a 4 o'clock puck drop for that one. And then the nightcaps look like this. It will be Montreal taking on Pittsburgh in game one of their series. 8 o'clock puck drop for that one in Scotiabank Arena. And Winnipeg will be taking on Calgary in game one of their series. That puck drop, a 10.30 puck drop at Rogers Place in Edmonton. The round-robin games will be taking starting on Sunday, August 2nd. But it will start off with Arizona taking on Nashville at Rogers Place. That puck drop, a 2 o'clock Eastern puck drop as they take on at, at Rogers Place. The round-robin games will see Philadelphia taking on Boston. That puck drop is a 3 o'clock Eastern puck drop in Toronto. The e early evening game at Rogers Place will see St. Louis taking on Colorado in a round-robin game. Puck drop for that one is scheduled for 6.30. The nightcaps look like this. It will be game one of the Stanley Cup play-ins as it will be the Columbus Blue Jackets taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. 8 o'clock puck drop at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto for that one. Minnesota then will finish off the nightcap. They'll take on the Vancouver Canucks. That game time, 10.30 Eastern. And then everybody will at least have at least one game except for these, the following teams. August 3rd, we'll see the Rangers taking on Carolina. Again, a noon start time for that one. It will then be Winnipeg at Calgary, an afternoon affair. That game starting at 2.30 Eastern. That's Monday, August the 3rd. The round robins continue as Washington will take on Tampa Bay. At Scotiabank Arena, that puck drop, a 4 o'clock puck drop. It will also be Dallas at Vegas. That game played at Rogers Place in Edmonton. That game time starting at 6.30. The nightcap seeing Montreal taking on Pittsburgh at 8 Eastern. 10.30 Eastern, we'll see Chicago and Edmonton in Game 2 of their series. Toronto-Columbus will be Game 2 of their series August 4th. And uh, everybody will have their game twos underneath their belt. Game game threes will be then underneath the belt starting August 6th. So we are through those schedules right there. There will be more posted as we go on, as we get closer to the season. But, you know, the good news is, is that, that we're getting there. We're slowly getting there. And we start off with Boston in an exhibition game on the 30th. So it's it, it, it's good to see. It's absolutely good to see. So it's time now for the, the Jackets report. Of course, the Jackets are continuing their preparations for with Tuesday's practices. Of course, day two of their phase three practices uh, followed the same schedule as Monday's, Monday's opening day with group one taking the ice for about an hour session followed by group two. Just like that Monday, just like on Monday, they have 45 minutes of drills followed by 15 minutes of conditioning, skating, skating, and more skating. The personal notice, notice was this, of course. Pierre-Luc Dubois, is the big centerman, skated on the Ohio ice house ice before practice, did not take part in full team drills this past Tuesday. Otherwise, there is no change to Group 1. 
The regulars who were expected to compromise the bulk of the team's lineup will be returning August, with the games returning August 2nd. While defensive pairings were the same, they were one switch in the forward lines as winger Liam Foody and Eric Benstrom swap places. Foody now skate, Foody skates now with Felino and Jenner, while Benstrom skates with Nat, Riley Nash and Eric Robinson. So that'll be interesting to see how that's going to shape up. Foley also participated in the center, skate at center in a one drill with Alexander Texier and Oliver Bjorkstrand in the spot filled Monday by Foody. But Felino and Jenner did bulk did most of the bulk line rush in Dubois' place. And uh, Tortorella says. The first three days, I just wanted them to touch the puck and see where their conditions are so far. So, good to see out of camp so far what's happening. Uh, I do like the um, the quote that Nick Foligno said the other day. Here it is right here. He said this in quote, as he left his house, I promise I made I, I promise the promise I made to my kids is that I'm going to come home with the cup. Anything less would be disappointing and I look forward to to chasing that dream with these group of guys. So the jackets on the run, on the move, they're getting ready, they're getting set for this season to continue on and you know I'm getting a lot of flack. I know I from a certain person that does the podcast with me that does podcasts with me. He's saying leaps and four. I'm gonna say it. I'll say it again. Given the circumstances and the chance to make a prediction, I'll take jackets and four over the Leafs. Jackets and four. You'll hear my full prediction when we get closer next week on all Andy Alford for everything. And next week's show is a big show, by the way. We got MLB preview as well as the NHL playoff predictions as well. So, got that to look forward to. As you're listening to all Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, and that is with either iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. However, you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Now, let's hit and recap the weekend that was the tournament that took place down in Dublin, Ohio. We'll talk a little NASCAR. As well as MLS Soccer is back. Let's go crew! Let's give you the weekend recap. Of course, MLS Soccer is now officially back. As they are playing games in Walt Disney World. In the same bubble as the NBA, of course. And they're doing their tournament like a FIFA World Cup style tournament. As they're playing games throughout. And, um... This is a this is this has really been entertaining. We're, we're getting games every day, basically. Some games starting off at nine a.m. in the morning, and then they're playing again at two thirty, and then eight, and then ten thirty. I I love catching games at ten thirty because then I'm just settled into my room, settled in. I have ESPN on. I have a bottle of water, and I'm just sitting there, maybe having a little little snack like a like some Junior Mints or something like that. I'm settling in and I watch. Soccer, of course. And the big game that took place for me in my aspect was this past Saturday. As it was the Columbus Crew back on the pitch as they took on FC Cincinnati. Yes, the Battle of Ohio took place in Orlando. And boy, 
Howdy. Did Columbus put a shellacking on Cincinnati in the game? They put up four goals on Cincinnati. It was Gelis Zardes scoring twice for the crew as they defeated FC Cincinnati by a score of 4-0 in the first of Group E's matches in the MLS back tournament on Saturday. Delise scoring, adding a goal, scoring twice in the game. A weather delay in the previous match between the New York Red Bulls and the Atlanta United pushed the starting time in by 50 minutes to 11.20 Eastern. And that was a late start, but it was a Saturday night, and they got it in. I'm glad they got the game in, of course. And, uh, you know, it, it was good. It's good to see. The crew now will play this upcoming Thursday against the New York City Red Bulls, while Cincinnati will face Atlanta in Group E play. If you look at the table so far in the overall standings, the crew are leading the the uh, the whole thing at two one oh six two one and oh in three games played. Their goal differential is a plus five. Some of the other games that, like I mentioned before, the New York Red Bulls defeating Atlanta one to nil one nil. It was also Can- Sporting Kansas City taking on Minnesota as Minnesota beats up on Sporting KC two one. It was Salt Lake Real Salt Lake. 2-0 winners over the over Colorado. Monday saw yesterday saw Toronto and DC United ending in a 2-2 draw. It was LA, um, LAFC and Houston. The Houston Dynamos ending up in a 2-3-3 draw. It was the Portland Timbers a 2-1 win over the LA Galaxy in the games tonight. Uh, we had one game that completed this afternoon. It was the Chicago Fire beating the Seattle Sounders 2-1. We have games going on as we speak right now as New York New York City FC taking on Orlando and Orlando right now at the 26th minute is up 2-0. The nightcap sees Philadelphia taking on Miami at 10:30 start time on the pitch in Orlando. Tomorrow it was announced that um uh, there's only one game tomorrow, as it will be Vancouver taking on San Jose, a 9 o'clock start time for that one. Uh, like I said, Sporting, uh, like I mentioned before, Sporting uh, uh, Dallas FC, uh, excuse me, D.C. United has withdrew from the MLS tournament because uh, the majority of their players have tested positive for COVID-19, so they have decided to pull out of the MLS tournament We'll see what happens with that. Like I mentioned before, a full slate of games Thursday, 9 a.m. on ESPN as Atlanta will take on Cincinnati. And then the after the evening set, we'll see Montreal taking on Toronto, 8 p.m. start time for that one. The nightcap sees the Columbus crew taking on the New York City Red Bulls. So good slate of games, of course, going forward. The MLS is back. And in full swing. Of course, continuing to recap the weekend that was in sports. And let's talk a little bit about some NASCAR. NASCAR was in Kentucky this past weekend as it was the rookie Cole Custer getting his first win in the NASCAR series 
took place in Kentucky. It was the Quaker State 400. He led only five laps. He got 48 points overall in the standings. Martin Truex finished his second. Michael Dedabetic. Michael Dedabetico finishes in third. Kevin Harvick finishes fourth. Kyle Busch finishes in fifth place. Ryan Blaney finishes sixth. Christopher Bell finishes seventh. Seventh. Eric Almirola finishes eighth. Brad Keselowski finishes ninth. And Tyler Riddick finishes in tenth. William Byron finishes eleventh place. It was Danny Hamlin at twelfth. Austin Dillon thirteenth. Clint Boyer fourteenth. Joey Logano fifteenth. Ty Dillon finishes sixteenth. Ryan Newman seventeenth. Jimmy Johnson, after coming back from COVID-19, he comes back and finishes 18th overall. Kyle Busch finishes 21st. Chase Elliott, 23rd, as it was Matt Kenseth, 25th. Bubba Wallace's finishes, finish was 27th. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., 29th, as it was also Joe Hunter Nemechek finishing 36th. So the NASCAR boys will now head now to the All-Star Race, which will take place Tomorrow night on FS1, it will be taking place in Bristol, Tennessee, at the famous Bristol Open Bristol Speedway. And then they will then head to Texas on the 19th, as they will be it'll be a 3:30 start, 3 o'clock start time on NBCSN. So the NASCAR boys continuing their run. Of course, the Big thing out of uh, this past week, of course, was the golf tournament and the PGA back, of course, in the state of Ohio, as they took as it was the that was the Work Charity Open. It was a you know they play the game they played it at Mirfield Village. No f- people in attendance, of course, as it was. Colin Morikawa getting the 19 over, finishes 19 under par. His four rounds consisted of this: a 65, 66, 72, and 66. As he finishes his 19 under par, Justin Thomas finishes and with a tie for second. After both players finishes played a a uh, a playoff, Thomas 68. 66, 66, and 69. Uh, Fallen finishes 15 under par at 69, 67, 66, and 71. It was Steph with 14 under par at 66, 68, excuse me, 68, 69, 70, and 67. Over Paul Ian Poulter finishes in tie for fifth place with Gary Woodland at 12 under par. Poulter, 68, 69, 69, and 70. Jason Day finishes 11 under par with... Tie for seventh at sixty with a 69, 71, 70, and 67 overall. Uh, other notables, of course, Hideki Matsuyama, eight under par, finishes 22nd, 67, 68, 72, and 73. It was Ricky Fowler finishing also eight under par, 72, 69, 66, and 73. It was Ryan Sloan with seven under par, the 68, 73, 70, and 70 overall. Uh, Matt Kuchar, four under par, 69, 69, 74, and 72. Um, Phil Mickelson tied for 58th. He finishes with a 73, 69, 74, and 72 overall. Uh, Duffner, one under par, 69, 72, 71, and 75. Um, Brooks Kepta missed the cut. 
He shot a 74 and a 69 overall. Um, Jim Furyk misses the cut, 75 and 68. Jordan Speed misses the cut at 72, pairs of 72s. VJ Singh met, missed the cut at 75 and 69 as well. And um, so, congratulations to the kid. 19 under par, beating Justin Thomas overall. So now we get ready for the Memorial, which is this upcoming weekend. And the news out of the PGA is that is that Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholas, will still shake the hand of the Memorial winner. He'll continue the tournament, and um, it looks like Tiger is getting ready, and he will play this upcoming weekend at the Memorial, and he is the quote-unquote favorite to win the tournament. I I I I, I doubt. I I would like to see. I'll see it when I believe it. I'll see it when he comes onto the on, onto the uh, onto the tee box. If he's going to be the real favorite, but you know Thursday's going to set up to be very very interesting to see how how he's going to do because this is his first time playing in the PGA event with no fans. By the way, no fans. Uh, the Memorial decided to pull out, and they will not allow fans. And uh, we'll get to the Marathon Classic here in just a second on the news on that. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think, you know, this will be the first time that we've seen him play in a professional style tournament since, you know, last year. He only plays a few tournaments now a year and the Memorial is one of them because he and Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholas, I keep saying Jack Nicholson, I don't know why, <laughs> but Jack Nicholas and him are good friends. So I'll see Tiger comes back to Ohio. He'll come to Mirfield Village. Tournament starts on Thursday. With regarding of the Marathon Classic, which is still scheduled to start on the August 6th through the 9th, the news is still that they're still going to allow fans at this tournament, but we'll see what happens. I, I, you know, This changes by the day and by the week now, in my opinion. But uh, the LPGA Drive-On Championship will begin it all on the 31st of July. So sports is finally coming back, and it's just it's good that you know the local scene was it's going to have two LPGA events here, even if that means you know one of them without fans and one with. But we'll see. Let's see. As you are listening to all Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, and that is with either iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. However you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in to the show today as we now hit the end of the program tonight, and it's time now for Andy Rants. If I can wear one, you can wear one. It's time, Ohio. Mask on. A message from the state of Ohio. And we've now hit the end of our program today, and let's talk a little Andy Rants. And before we begin, if you haven't hit the subscribe button to this podcast, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every Tuesday, and coming soon we'll be doing shows Tuesday and Friday to get you set for the sports weekend. Of course, I want to thank our sponsors tonight, of course, the Libby Factory Outlet Store. Don't forget to visit them at 205 South Erie Street in downtown Toledo. 
your big friends and family sale going on until Friday, 30% off your purchase. Just go to their Facebook page, like their page, and show them at checkout. It's time for Andy Rants. I am very, very happy on two fronts. I'm, I'm upset still about one front, but I'm very happy about a, a, the front. Uh, I know I like to talk about, I don't talk that much about politics. I talked about it last week because of what's happening with city council and the bribery charges. But of course, I'm very, very proud of what the city council did this past Monday as they have passed the ordinance for the mass mandate. Now, folks, it's time. If you're not wearing a mask, then what are you doing? It's time to put on a mask, folks. You heard the promo beforehand, mask on, Ohio. You know, the case numbers are going up. And I'm sad, I'm sad to hear this, you know. It's sad to, sad to talk about it. But, you know, the case numbers are going up and, you know, it's a sad thing. And it's happening between my demographic, between 21 and 40 and, and 40. People to think that they're immune to this virus. They're not immune to this virus. You have to wear a mask. And now everything's being mandated to be wearing a mask. You have all four major cities in Ohio now requiring people to wear a mask. In Cuyahoga County, in, in Cleveland, in Cincinnati, in Franklin County, in Franklin County, Hamilton County, by the way, in Cincinnati, Franklin County, in Columbus, and now here in Lucas County, in in Toledo. The big cities are all requiring mass mandates when you're inside and when you can't have social distance. Now, I, I work in a retail. I My second job is a retail, is a re, in retail. You know, I have to wear a mask for eight hours in my second job. I don't do this job, this sports podcast job. It's my first front line. I, you know, this is a, this is a serious, serious situation. I wear a mask. Eight hours a day. If you can wear a mask for, if I wear, can wear a mask for eight hours a day, you can wear a mask when you're shopping and when you can't follow social distancing for the amount of time. You know, it's protection for yourself and for everyone around you. And I meant, I will bring back the stats again. If you, if one person who has COVID and the other person doesn't have COVID and they both wear masks, the odds of them odds of the person who does not have COVID catching COVID from the person that has the mask on is 85%. They will not catch COVID-19. The odds of the person with COVID wearing a mask and the person who does not have COVID wearing not wearing a mask, the odds of them not, not getting the virus is 3.4%. It's like getting one question right on an exam. Do you want the you want the F or do you want the A? Or what is considered a B grade? Wear a damn mask. It's all it's protection. You're protecting yourself from the COVID situation. And I'm I, I commend city council for passing it. You know, and Wade for stepping into the role. And I think Wade Caps the Cabbage is going to get a second term in, as, a, as the mayor. I really, really do. He does, he's done so much good for this city 
it's it, it, it's good. You know, Prime, uh, you know, is still about the same. You know, but we're seeing development growing all on the on the riverfront. We're seeing development growing out at Southwick with Amazon. You're seeing so much development growing around. It's good to see it. And so we need to continue this process and wear a mask. Because we all want to see how well the city is going to grow. We don't want to see this from a bed of an ICU or, or from the, the next life. We have to wear a mask and we have to protect one another. If you want fall sports, if you want to sit at the Huntington Center to watch a walleye game, or sit at the Glass Bowl, or sit at Doydell Perry Stadium, or sit somewhere where you could be with a group of people, then wear a mask. Wear a mask. That's all I ask. Is just wear a mask for your protection for my protection, and for everyone else's protection. Wear a mask to defend yourself. Part one. Now, I do commend City Council for passing the ordinance. However, the four individuals that are still on City Council, your days are numbered. The AG is coming after you hard. So, and it has proven to me yet again Yet again, that they have an agenda in front of them instead of what's best for the city. Larry Sykes is a joke of a city councilman. He was a joke when he was on the school board. He's a joke now. Leave. Gary Johnson was a was running for sheriff's office. He lost in the primary. Gotta go. Tyrone Ridley or whatever your name is. Gotta go. Harper, gotta go. Do the right thing and step down with class. Because, you know, people like me, (laughs) we're watching. And people that we know that live in your district are watching. Would you want to lose now? Get leave on good graces and just step down or do you want to be forcibly removed from city council the choice is yours and yours alone we shall see make mention of this too my final part of Andy Rance tonight past Thursday I got a chance to go to Cedar Point for opening day. If I was you, if you're a platinum pass holder, gold ticket holder, gold pass holder, even if you have reservations, don't go. The park's not ready. It's You could tell the park's not ready. Staffing is a very, very key thing. And a lot of rides weren't open. And when you did have rides open, you had long lines. My favorite ride in the park is Magnum. I got a chance to ride that twice on opening day. 
Go back for the third time. It's an hour wait. Nine times out of ten, before COVID, the park, the I, that was more of a walk-on ride. Millennium Force was a two-hour wait. Steel Vengeance was a two-hour wait. And then they started handing out these access passes. And it just guarantees you a spot in the queue. Doesn't mean you're guaranteed to go automatically down to the right. And you don't know what the queue times are. Now, bear in mind, I will, I will give you my rundown of the day. Here, got to, My reservations was at 10 a.m. Got to the park at around 9.30. They were already lining up for the health screenings. And the health screening is you go in, you read the sign to see if you any of the uh, situations, if you're vomiting, you have any symptoms of COVID. If you don't have any symptoms, you walk forward. And when you walk forward, you step into this box and they thermal scan your forehead. You either get the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I got the thumbs up. I asked what my temperature was. It was 97.9. When I left my house, it was 97.3. So I jumped up six tenths of a degree in that time frame. So I went through, got to the metal detectors. They just told me to go right through, make sure you have all your metal on your hand. And I walked through the metal detector. All I had was my phone and my keys. Got up to the front. Got up to the uh, the gates. The Bombay doors opened. And we're walking in. Now, to the idiot that was... No, no offense. No offense. To the idiot that was in front... Two, two groups in front of me. He was scanning his reservation. He was not allowed to go in. Because he got into the park. His reservation time was for 11 a.m. It was 10.06 your reservations at 11 a.m. They tell you to come at your design reservation time. Held up the line for about 10 minutes. 10 minutes, that's that's right time for me. Got in. Fake kissed the ground. I said, I made it. Thank goodness. Walked, walked to where I wanted to walk. Not all the rides were open. No, rides were not open when I walked in at 10 a.m. Because they don't officially open the park until 11 a.m. So there was no jump ahead of, jump ahead or platinum pass ahead of time, ride times. No, they're not doing that this year. When the park opens at 11, all the rides open at 11. So there's that. And I got it on, I walked around the park twice. It's just good to be back in the park. 11 a.m. starts. They play the national anthem. Burst it out in a tear. Uh, but like I said, a lot of the rides weren't open. Gemini was not open. Blue Streak was not open. Dragster was not open. And all the rides that were open were long lines. Iron Dragon was a long line. Val Raven was a long line. Gatekeeper was a long line. And Magnum was a long line. Maverick. Don't even touch it. Seal Vengeance, don't even touch it. Millennium, don't even touch it. Unless you have the Access Pass ticket. And like I said before, it just guarantees you to get into the queue. It does not guarantee you to get in and automatically onto the ride. This isn't like Disney World where they have the Fast fast Pass. And the surprising thing is that they weren't, they said online that they weren't selling Fast Lane this season. But sure enough, they were selling it on opening day. 
which makes no sense, no sense to me. And you got, I got to Magnum, sat in the third row, front, first row of the car, third, third car, first row. Um, every other, of course, seat-wise. So I was in the third, I was in the first car, I was in the third car, first row. Enjoyed my, enjoyed my time on the ride. Mass came off halfway through, but I could readjust it really, really quickly. Rode Magnum twice. Rode Gatekeeper twice. Rode Valraven. And rode Iron Dragon. Got those out of the way. Wanted I got my access ticket for Steel Vengeance. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to go back about 3 or 4 o'clock. Because it got busy later on in the day. We got It got a lot busier later on in the day. And the drinks, people were hovering around the drinks because it was 98 degrees. It was hot. And I will say this. Nobody wants to pay $9 and change for French fries. Nobody. Nobody. Not even for potatoes. My my go-to spot is fresh cut out of the front. It was closed. The only place where you can get the legendary Cedar, Cedar Point French fries are the Happy Fryer, which is towards Gemini. They were open. They were doing the Platinum Fries. For just an order of cheese fries and then a small order of fries, regular fries, with my platinum discount was nine dollars and twenty nine cents. Four fifty for fries. You think about it. That's a lot. For just a potato deep fried. Now I can understand they're trying to make back some money, and I, I understand that, but still. Wanted to walk on the beach, could not walk on the beach because the beach entrance is closed. And exit was closed. And that meant me walking all the way around up to the boardwalk and walking down the boardwalk and walking back. And I drove around the park towards the back, parked by Magnum, by the old Cedar, by where Cedar Point Shores are. I parked it, walked it, and I said, you know what? It's not even worth it. I will say this. I did stop at Toffs on my way home and got some peaches and cream ice cream. If you ever have it, get it before they before they take it off but overall the day food wise it was a three out of ten ride wise riding wise was 10 out of 10 i was looking forward to it overall health and everybody that was about seven out of ten but um people were following social distancing they were they were keeping their mask on for what i've saw what i saw and um but staffing wise it was a one out of ten which makes everything, for me, a 4 out of 10 on this trip to Cedar Point. Will I go back this season? Yeah, I will. I'll go back. Maybe I'll go back either next Thursday or the following Thursday, but I'm not going. I might go with some other people. I'm not like my... I'm not going to be... I'm not going to make it as a destination now. That's when I go, I'm going to go. So that's that. We'll be back next week for a big week of all Andy Elford, of course. We will preview the MLB season as well as the NHL playoffs, recap the Memorial Tournament, and get you ready for the big tournament that's coming into town in two weeks as the LPGA Drive-On Championship and the Marathon Classic are around the corner. So looking forward to that. 
that's all the time I have for you tonight right here on All Andy Elford. Until I talk to you guys next week. This is Andy Elford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice and wear a damn mask. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Go Reds and go Tigers. And go Falcons. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat. Have a great night everybody. I'll talk to you guys next week for another edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. Love you. Talk to you guys then. Just a note to pass along to you as you were listening to All Andy Alford tonight. Andy was quoted in saying that they were going to be playing a John Tortorella audio bit. Unfortunately, at this time, we did not have the audio set up for the, for the taping of tonight's show. We apologize for the inconvenience. And hope you still enjoyed tonight's episode. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.